Man is a hot one Not seven inches from the midday sun well, I hear you whisper And the words melt everyone But you stay so uncool So I have no idea who I'm about to call For this week's episode Um all of a sudden life has picked up speed tremendously and I've been left with negative hours of downtime, simmering time, reconnection with self time. And usually in that time, I'm in the bath, thinking shit through, getting ready to execute. Without that lead time, I find myself um, just Go, 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 going, and that's cool too because, you know, I, I do feel that as long as I'm praying and meditating, I am still connected to source, to God, to the universe, and to myself, and so when I'm like, go, 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 um, I still feel myself being in the flow and connected, and I'm just noticing that the answers are coming to me quicker. Perhaps I don't need all that simmering time. All right, it's the thawing off period. So it is Father's Day, so we heart. <laughs> Wish your papa a happy Father's Day, would ya? Oh, would ya? Thank you for listening. It's so nice to have you here. Um, I just got in the door. I'm wearing sneakers, bike shorts, and a black t-shirt. Um, and... Daddy is taking a nap under the couch because it's super hot today. Um, it's like 29 degrees Celsius here, which for Vancouver is a whole big deal. Um, Daddy doesn't know it's Father's Day, but um, if y'all want to send him some love too, he's just a perfect sweet little angel. Yeah, I think he's like I think he's like a hybrid of like Deepak Chopra and Oprah, and in my head I call him Daddy Dopra. <laughs> Daddy Dopra. <laughs> um, but low key, my actual father, love that guy. Literally the best man on the planet. If you're trying to date me ever, that's what you need to live up to because, oh, he's a tremendous guy. Um, happy Father's Day to my actual dad. Hopefully you're not listening to this. Hopefully you are not. But if you are, dad, I love you. <laughs> but he, my actual father has no idea that my cat's name is Daddy. Um, why, why I have to explain that, you know? So, <laughs> so my dad thinks my cat's name is Dimitri and so does the vet. Just, you know, you know, just kind of. Adding a protective layer there. <laughs> I think I know who I'm gonna call. I, I think I think I want to discuss some some gender expression stuff, and I I want to do it in a fun kind of way. I think I'm gonna call one of my queens today. Chia chia chia. Should I take off my shoes? Yeah, I'm gonna take off my shoes. I'm just coated head to toe in sunscreen. 
dang, being this pale is nuts. I quit cigarettes this weekend, feels good. Moved right back to vaping because I can't have any cranky downtime right now. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a lover coming into town this week. I miss him so much and he is, what, he's like 45 years older than me. I love him. A few years ago, he uh, went down for the count. He had esophageal cancer and so, I don't want him to know about my smoking. I don't want to be a smoker, you know? Um, <laughs> and um, I just, I don't want to take the risk that like with everything going on in my life, um, I would just like get kind of cranky and melt down mid, you know, business day or like on a date or something. So I've got this little vape. I'll keep it in my back pocket a little bit. Um, woke up at 5.15 a.m. today, which I didn't see happening. It's almost like Sundays are like, I don't know. My instinct used to be to sleep in on Sundays. And now, I don't know, my body and brain are just like, you've got so much more to do by the end of the week, bitch. Get up, get up, get up, go, 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 get up, get up, get up, go, get up. <laughs> I was in the studio yesterday. I was at Helm Studios. We, mm-hmm, mm, I can't wait to show you what I've been working on. I'll leave it at that. Okay, so I'm actually on the wrong phone to be able to call someone and record at the same time. I'm gonna have to pull up the recording on my trap phone and call a motherfucker. Let's do it. Okay, love you. See you shortly. <clears throat> We're going to call Daphne Do Good right now. Incredible drag queen. Let's see if they're available. No pressure. Dad's calling. Calling. This is Eddie Spencer. If you can leave me a message or drop me a text message. That was a real name. All right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep it rolling. I'm gonna try calling Jem. Thanks, Jem. Okay. Thanks, Jem. Can't believe I got curved on Father's Day. <laughs> I did tell people like you don't have to answer. Hello. Jem. Hey. What's up, is Papa? Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm just playing uh, video games like a nerd. <laughs> what are you playing? Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> I know. I started playing with other other friends, and then now I'm like, okay, well, I'm addicted, so. Now you're just playing Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, so. Are you going to wish me a happy Father's Day? Oh, I didn't realize you were a father. It's Papa speaking. Well. <laughs> I feel like I'm raising so many crazy people. <laughs> well, happy Father's Day. My bad. Excuse me for my politeness and rudeness. <laughs> Thank you. Dude, it's so hot today. It's so warm. That's why I'm like not either outside. I was just outside and it's just like. Too much. Oh, my friends want me to be in drag and I'm like. Because someone passed, there's a local guy on the block who passed away, actually, this 
a week and a half ago and they're having a big wake for him and I kind of was like getting boobied into performing but it's so hot today (laughs) I am not putting a wig on and makeup for hours it's just melting down your face yeah (laughs) yeah hey I'm trying to be beautiful but it's not and if I was like a mess I probably wouldn't care but I take pride in having smooth skin and like you know not crunchy <laughs> and no offense to people who are crunchy because we all have there's room for everybody but oh, I try not to be crunchy yeah I've been feeling crunchy lately just can't control it you know yeah um, so can I call you can I call you Jem on the air is that cool yeah so you want to talk about yourself a little bit are we on the air right now oh you're being recorded <laughs> Excuse me, all my P's and Q's. Hi, my name is Jem. I'm a two-spirited Danae um, Finnish person. I'm, I am I would say I'm half trans is a great way to put it. Um, I'm a drag artist who's been doing this for 13 years. I'm the queen of the rodeo by Orville Peck. I am also the first Mr. Miss Cobalt all the way back from 2012. And uh, yeah, I've done so many different amazing and not so amazing things so <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah that was that for an introduction you have done so many amazing things what would you say is like what you're most prideful of having done to date probably the queen of the rodeo music video and being the, the star of someone's writing ability for you like they wrote the song about me and it's you know about keep going and believing in yourself and having knowing the power you didn't know you have you know what i mean kind of like the wizard of oz oh my god i love yeah. that so much the person behind the mask or the cloud or the curtain you know is your you know your saboteur your inner saboteur so you know once you realize that's just an inner saboteur and then it nothing then you could kind of i'm in that stage of trying to like be healing honestly same and it's like it hit me like a ton of bricks recently like just at the start of this year just like that inner saboteur is being fed Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. much and she has been growing in power you know yes been tossing stakes in the wrong direction (laughs) i know so how do you how do you like to supersede your saboteur well as a double virgo libra oh my god i am very organized and i like to do that in my life and i guess decor and have things you know a certain way and a look and a style so I try to, like, let that funnel through the rest of everything. But, you know, it doesn't always work or it doesn't make it there. If I understand correctly, you're saying that you like things to be quite organized and in that way you can whip your saboteur into shape? Exactly, into submission so I could see, you know, beyond the clutter because the clutter is now organized. Yes. So it's like, well, if all the clutter is organized, obviously the only thing left is my fucking neck and a saboteur. Oh my God, what you just said is groundbreaking because if you think about it, really, we're, when we're feeding our saboteur, we're just, mm-hmm. we're being responsive to our clutter. Yes, and, or trauma, you know, like yeah. we put up walls, like for me, I put up walls or like, and I don't, and you know, those walls become cages because mm-hmm. you don't realize you've been fighting for so long 
that it's okay to stop fighting and allow yourself to heal. That's, you know, something that each person has to figure out on their own, in their own way. Who are we to tell somebody else? Whatever we can reflect behavior back at somebody, but it's not necessarily our job to heal everybody. And some of us are like a mom. I'm a cool mom. You're a cool dad. Yeah. And, you know, you sometimes you want to fix everybody or every little thing because oh you, you could see something in somebody else that you're like, here's some advice, but that person A is not in that mood to receive or even hear and listen to absorb to, you know, acknowledge that. And sometimes it comes off as, you know, let's say personality. <laughs> That's right. But we just want to help, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, we're imposing and everyone has their different journey. Yes. But you're so right. Like when we are, when we're feeding the saboteur, we're reacting to our mm-hmm. past traumas and we're yes. without that in the moment clarity to see precisely what's going on the mechanics behind all of your reactions um we're we're perpetuating cycles that are based off of things that happened a long time ago or mm-hmm. outdated concepts of yeah. self and we're being reactive instead of proactive mm-hmm. oh how do you like to declutter oh, I smoke a lot of fucking weed oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that declutters for you that open space in the mind yeah like for some reason weed allows me to like I guess I have a roundabout way sometimes of getting to the point or decluttering something mm. because I'll like work on one thing but then you realize oh there's something else and I'm the person oh, okay I could I can multitask but when things become three, four, five, six, seven things, the day is not long enough. The week cannot be long enough. And you're actually not being productive. And that kid, you know, and, you know, as an artist, fellow artiste, you could probably relate to like deadlines and try to meet deadlines and try to, you know, set boundaries and rules for yourself. But, you know, it's just not the way it is. Life will take you wherever it wants. <laughs> It will. It will. I find personally that weed adds a little bit of clutter, um, mm. kind of in a Too good much way. Weed, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. even if I were to have not smoked, let's say, all day or for a couple of days, and then I smoke, it populates my mind with some colorful chaos. But I'll do it deliberately. Yeah. Like, okay, I need yes. to get some songwriting done. I love done, doing that. Or, like, like, when you have time to just kind of, like, sit with yourself and process stuff, weed is so mm-hmm. good for that. But I found that clearing space happens when I use psilocybin mushrooms. Oh, you know, I have been scared to do mushrooms for some reason, um, but I'm dying to do it. Today is National Psychedelic Day, I believe. <gasps> Wait, okay, how do I run a mushroom dispensary and not know that? Let me Google National Psychedelic Day. <laughs> I believe it's today because the guy who passed, uh, Gregory, I'll say his name, he's a great guy. He um, is a psychedelic guru and he would, you know, definitely want everyone to be on mushrooms or acid or something. And oh, I think I have control issues, so weed I can control acid and mushrooms it's a little bit of a you can let the wheel fly so okay understandable but you know just be aware that 
as long as you trust and are connected with yourself, even a, mm-hmm. even a bad trip on those things are confrontations with your shadow self and only exactly. when and if it absolutely mm-hmm. needed to happen. Mm-hmm. But to each their own, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just haven't done it in forever. I should do some. <laughs> I think there's I think we're on the precipice of a psychedelic revolution again. It feels like nineteen sixty nine out here. Yes, I want. I'm. I'm open. Let's fucking do it. Now. <laughs> um, it's also the summer solstice. Oh my goodness! Wait, no, that's tomorrow. Oh, is that tomorrow? What a what a grand spanking day we have on our hands. Yeah, the twenty four. Yeah, and then tomorrow is National, I believe, Indigenous Peoples Day. That's right. And uh, yesterday was June nineteenth, which is Juno. But just flabbergasted at some of the the recent news in residential school findings. And... Oh my goodness! Did you grow up in Canada? I did. I grew up in. I was born in Moose Jaw, but I lived in Winnipeg until I was about twenty, and then oh. I moved to Calgary at twenty one, and I lived there for seven years, and then I've been in Vancouver for. 10 so i'm 36 now so do the math <laughs> That's a good um, okay so did you guys learn about uh, sorry to say guys what are your pronouns by the way uh they them her she bitch master okay sexy um yeah. <laughs> did you learn about residential schools growing up at all yes i actually in the 90s there was there's a large uh indigenous population in winnipeg in general so i grew up in foster care and being part of foster care you i guess are surrounded more more by other indigenous people so they you know and being indigenous i would be placed in you know programs for you know youth and all these other things but as a half breed i also didn't feel like i fit in there there still was you know if you know i wasn't full native and i didn't really look native and i didn't look white so i felt not really connected with being indigenous um which is something i'm working on now because i don't have like parents and stuff to have a conversation about or know it's all about from books or articles or meeting elders Mm. who have experienced Mm. um, residential schooling I know my mom was in the 60s scoop but I don't have a relationship with her because of alcohol and I just it's been 20 years so um, I don't know where she is and stuff Uh, but it's, it's you know it's sad when I do make it a point to like read articles or papers that you know a lot of people white people usually um talk about in like history class or studies in college and stuff like that and i also went to the native education college here in vancouver later on to get my ged and i learned a lot more through because they're native focused and they're taught by native indigenous teachers and so i felt you know richness for once actually Mm. in a learning setting that felt it was catered to the way i guess think and how we learn and stuff like that so that was a good experience wow so you've you've put in your work you are educated yet you've been through a lot when you say richness what what do you mean by that um i think just because the people have 
a knowledge or a connection with family and grandparents and the land where uh, you could feel people struggling and ripped from their homes and land and family in those parts of the country more so I feel like I feel like in British Columbia I, I don't want to say they have a, a more of a privilege but it seems like there's just more opportunity or greatness in pride even in maybe pride is the word there's a pride that they have mm. for being indigenous where I didn't feel that growing up in Winnipeg where I felt ashamed and embarrassed and I wouldn't tell people I was native because they would treat you different automatically and I knew right away at like 11 12 that being my brownness wasn't a good thing in life so I'm sorry and it's interesting that in in like middle Canada um, there is so much shame and um, intolerance when yeah. it's like it's nice that on the west coast we have not just tolerance but acceptance and mm -hmm. a little bit more understanding mm -hmm. um, being queer on top of that it sounds like you might have had a, a rough time being in yeah. being there until you're 20 yeah I felt like I wasn't ever gonna get anywhere in life if I stayed in Winnipeg if I stayed there, I don't think I would have enjoyed uh, being more proud and prideful in myself. I think I would have been in a smaller mindset yeah. and unable to get out because I didn't have privilege to travel. Traveling was like, you know, that's what rich people did. They can afford to go places. So, like, camping is exciting to me because it's like uh, at least i get to go travel and do something that's not stuck inside one box in the city but then i'm safe in the city oh. because there's more queer people mm. yet i'm also stuck because i'm in a cage in a city right so apartments are like cages so apartments are absolute cages and mm -hmm don't know about you but over the pandemic I am so grateful to be housed I'm so grateful mm -hmm. to 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 be in a home um but I will say that yeah uh this apartment became a cage absolutely in in being here for 14 months um nothing but walls to look at right yeah. do you feel similar yeah um I actually had to move during the this last month I was the house I had been in nine years actually the owners decided to sell Oh, no. And right before the pandemic, they decided to do that, but then lockdown happened, so they weren't able to sell. Yeah. And then they put it up for sale as soon as September rolled around, but it didn't sell. Okay, but then so you then had I to move. Yeah, so I got to stay through Christmas and through the spring, and then they put it up for sale again, and then it sold. And I didn't realize how traumatic it was not to have safe housing or the shelter of a house like that was the first time I ever lived somewhere that you know I was responsible for and I, I don't know like it, I felt safe and I never felt like that before so oh that's beautiful so did you feel really uprooted and unstable and having to look yes because it's not very good in Vancouver and I guess going from a house to something smaller is also scarier mm. like I'm so I've been 
in the house for nine years. I fill it up, but he's like, you gotta get rid of everything. Just, I guess you become a hoarder. <laughs> that's true. So like, you know I'm what? That's an interesting. Down. That's an interesting thought. That like, hoarding might be a trauma response and might be an attachment to things mm-hmm. that remind us of our existence and thus stability Mm -hmm. Um, particularly when when you're a person who has been in the same home for nine years like these tell me the same thing and so while you were going through all of your shit and getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff and beginning a new chapter and moving did you feel a um, coinciding uh, like identity crisis almost a little bit because also I'm not out in the bar yeah. seen living and working my life so as a drag queen my livelihood is being out and mingling with people and all that stuff so not having that also was very difficult but I also felt like it was time like it felt like I I couldn't put any more money into the house and feel like good leaving because they would you know it's it needs a lot of work so it's like why would i spend money doing all this stuff in the yard or fixing a wall because you know i shouldn't have to fix a wall but you know they would say it's aesthetic and it, you know it's not worth the cost and then you know they try to gouge the market the market in vancouver is crazy yes. So aesthetics, in part, we've this has come up a couple times in our discussion so far. It imparts more than one would think, particularly when we are when we are artists or creatives, and when we are um, playing with our gender a little bit as a means of expression and almost as a necessity. Do you want to speak on the importance of aesthetics through your life? Oh. Yeah, I have a lot, I guess, because of trauma growing up and not having things, I've become kind of a collector, but, like, of, like, grandma style, like, I felt (laughs) (laughs) the most, you know, like, needlepoints, and I have a bunch of pineapple figurines, like... Oh, that's so (laughs) sweet! And I use uh, bone china only to eat off of. Because it's like, I want to look at the plates and feel happiness when I look down because I see flowers. I love flowers. And I love springtime. And, you know, it it brings renewal and feels like you can accomplish something. So there's a lot of floral everywhere and, like, pink. So, Mm. and, yeah. I mean, it's easy to write off aesthetics as non-important, like non-essential, like a frivolity. Mm-hmm. But what you had just said reminds me that it is, if if we appreciate aesthetics, you know, ignoring it does not do us any good. No. And, and putting it to the side in favor of practicality or survival mode mm-hmm. really actually doesn't benefit us because it is, in, in a strange way, almost an antidepressant or... yeah. Like, it just reminds you of yourself, of your existence, mm-hmm. and that life and the world around you is of your own creation. Like, as an earth sign, I didn't realize that, well, until, like, later I read more stuff that, you know, I garden. So, like, that was such a huge, I feel like a land protector. I want to, you know, bring back nature and mm. fix, because could, we could fix the earth. Mm. And if we shifted all our 
actual manpower to that mindset, we can fix it oh, right now, tomorrow, absolutely. in six months. But how all are the we damage... gonna, we're, we're gonna just like completely throw out the economy and the yeah, We have to. Absolutely. Fuck Pepsi and Coke. Tell Pepsi <laughs> and Coke can fix all the goddamn problems. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, it's they can right sit there. in a room, flip a switch and fix everything. They could stop mining for lithium and fucking Mongolia and Congo for you know blue mercury or whatever for goddamn batteries. Like it's we know how to fix it. We're just not doing it. And that's yeah. the worst part. And that's I don't want to say white society's mindscape, but that's capitalism is white people's culture. That's as simple as I can say. Mm, I love and to unfortunately that culture that. is not good. Yeah, we've all not. learned that. We've all seen it. How many times have you seen Ferengali? Like, why are we not learning our lesson? So, Jem, what's the answer then? Um, give back natives the land, the power to own the land, defend it, and protect it. Like, I haven't met yep. every indigenous culture in the world. They're the first people to stand up and protect the land. The first people to say no more pipelines, no more chopping down the fucking forest, no more. But it's the white people who need to stand up in front and back beside on top of mm. to help protect. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Push our shoulders forward. Mm. Amen. Red Rover, Red Rover. You know what I mean? Like, Oof. I love it. It's that simple. Well, it is, but at the same time, you know, it's it's still a very, very slow progression. I know, but, you know, doing the switch will create more jobs That's than right. you realize. That's right. Do you want fucking robots doing the job, or do you want to fucking get out there and work? And not everybody needs to work. A lot of people don't need to. Let's pay Bang. teachers more. Let's pay educators more, you know, firemen and... Uh, ambulance and doctors well doctors get paid fucking that but nurses and dental assistants you know what i mean all the people who are in service industry like who fucking work at starbucks give them 20 dollars a goddamn fucking hour already see i think it, i think we need to go even deeper i think there shouldn't be a yeah. starbucks right you know what I mean? <laughs> I think I think this next generation, if you're listening, yeah. Gen Zs, okay, just like don't get no any crazy ideas. <laughs> yeah, because I still you are nice coffee. <laughs> I know, me too. But we're yeah. you know we're so attached to this shit yeah. because we grew up with it, and mm -hmm. and coffee solves things yes. that are. We have these voids caused by our upbringing, our environment, and capitalism, and the economy, and the way that we're mm -hmm. living, and the mindsets that we're grown up with. Those chasms within ourselves, we then fill with more capitalistic products, yeah. um, and then the self-perpetuating, like, I need to continue to have more, yeah. drives all like, of our behavior, and then we find ourselves balls deep in the system, unsatisfied mm -hmm. as hell, like, suicidal, and perfunctorily working and you're right not everyone should or needs to work and mm -hmm. we've just you know they have there's other jobs out there like maybe they're creative thinkers or maybe they're just hermits who want to just plant trees you know maybe yeah. they're you know like people who want to be on a boat and you know clean, they fucking clean up the garbage already like this guy <laughs> this kid invented that garbage cleanup thing 10 years ago why isn't it out there cleaning up already <laughs> wait what done? are you saying what i remember that boy who invented that 
boat that would help fix the giant garbage patch in the Pacific. I mean, I mean no, but they clearly silenced him. <laughs> yes, well, actually, he created certain ones, and they did a smaller scale thing um, in like certain the dirtiest rivers in the world right now. And actually, it does clean up the rivers, but they haven't done the giant cleanup yet, which is the Pacific Ocean uh, garbage patch, which is like below Hawaii and stuff like that. So, is that plastic? Anyways, on yeah, <laughs> I read the New Yorker sometimes. Sexy. So how does his how does his machine work? Basically, it's like two long arms with like a net type of thing that's like I guess twenty feet in the ocean, and in the middle is like a little bit of a motor, and it kind of brings water through. So it kind of attracts. You know how like in the water when you kind of make a motion, the the thing kind of moves towards it. I don't know. Okay. How all that stuff <laughs> Neither do I, right? I can't break it down i'm not that bill nye but um <laughs> the law of attraction basically oh happens, yeah and the garbage floats towards the middle of the <laughs> thing and it gets put into a giant bag <laughs> through manifesting yeah. and good vibes <laughs> yes and manifestation does work like mood boards and spirit boards and all that type of thing you know you have a giant one it does help okay hit so. me with it what is your flow in building out a mood board how often do you do it oh, um i'm in the process of redoing one of my mood boards of course you just um, moved yes yeah, so i all the stuff actually fell off. oh ironic it's because i was moving it in one spot so i was like you know what this is time for a new fresh so i'm like take pulling out designs that I had that I'm going to like finish actually like feathering dresses and stoning things. And I have my sash, my queen of the rodeo sash on my mood board and, you know, necklaces and, you know, my Britney Spears, uh, uh, what's that thing? Uh, lanyard when I went to the circus tour. <laughs> no, that's important to keep. I understand. Yes. Okay. Growing up. So I yeah, someone this... was smoking weed in the concert in Vancouver, and she walked off the stage. Oh, my God. And she wouldn't come back for 25 minutes. It was, like, crazy. She is such a pure angel. Yes. Huh. Um, growing up, I had this poster of her on my wall. I was maybe 5 to, let's say, 13 years old. I had this poster, <clears throat> and, um, you know, as like a five-year-old, I didn't really understand physics. I was absolutely certain that if I could just crouch down low enough beneath the poster and look up, I could see up her skirt. <gasps> <laughs> but that poster Aww. imparted so much on my yeah. my gender identity and my sexuality and oh, what wow. I'm attracted to now and even like my, yeah. my the way that I dress and stuff. I just remember she was like, in this tiny denim skirt and this like bikini top her hair is so oh, wow. messy and she's standing she's leaning on a rusty old pickup truck and now i feel like her oh. <laughs> wow yes now you do yes you totally give me i growing up it was like i didn't have posters until like later on like when spice girls came out but oh sexual awakening it was like bob saget and he-man oh. and like oh. optimus prime from trans i was like i don't know what transformer does but it's sure making me feel tingly <laughs> like captain planets and you know like stuff like that i was like Shit. 
it's nice to be in Vancouver where like it's just important cool and celebrated to be queer and like did you ever think you would see the day no like so growing I was in foster care and a long time ago I was like it was 12 or 13 and I remember getting like kicked out of school because I was like the class clown who was you know was getting disrupting or like saying something sassy back to the teachers and making the class you know laugh all the time and I would always get kicked out of (laughs) one time I got suspended from class and the lady at the foster home it was like I was suspended for like a week and I remember she would take me to this like internet cafe remember when internet cafe oh my goodness I want to bring them back (laughs) yes with the (laughs) apple computer you know with the colorful I was like oh my god and like the screensavers yes (laughs) so stupid so it was in Osborne Village and then on the weekend it happened to be gay pride and I didn't know so that week especially there was a lot of gay stuff going on and then the weekend rolled around and there was a parade and everything and she brought me to this parade and I ended up on the float and like Oh my goodness. I was with a tribe of people finally. Like I felt like, oh, this is a at least something I identify with and she knew, but you know, it was like that nonchalance kind of casual bringing me around it gave me that aha and maybe confidence to like have an identity and mm. you know, which was super gay and Vagatron and all that stuff. So <laughs> I was like so gay as soon as I realized I was like Wee! yeah yeah this <laughs> yes. makes sense <laughs> yes <laughs> I remember being okay I remember being in like 15 I came out when I was 17 I remember being like 15 at the public pool with a friend of mine and I had one friend at a time and it would always be just a girl that yeah. is like down for me to latch on to and so we're at the public pool and she is my first lesbian friend she's the only other lesbian in my small ghetto little town and she was out and she was out and I just thought she was so cool and here we are in our little bathing suits at the community swimming pool like how erotic and so Mm -hmm. she's talking about how great it is to be gay and like having girlfriends I remember just thinking wow if only I could be a lesbian that sounds perfect (laughs) (laughs) well on that note Jem we're at 33 minutes so uh, spiritually I need to hang up with you I love you so much thanks for picking up thank you for calling um, and uh, happy Father's Day and summer solstice to everybody and peace be with you all (laughs) love you love you too thank you have a great day you too bye babe cool that went well we are at 33 minutes 28 29 30 31 32 see ya